Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Shore 2 Sky Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Schuster. Today's episode is a special one because I'll be conducting the podcast's first interview with some of my best friends, Robert Hartley and Michael Parks, two recent college grads who have volunteered to share their perspective of what being a young professional is like with us today. Also, a quick side note, I'll be referring to Mike Parks as Parks throughout the episode since I've known Rob and Mike since first grade and fourth grade. So, to start out, how about each of you tells us just a little bit about each of your backgrounds, including where you went to college, what you studied, and what you're doing now. And also, feel free to include a fun fact about yourself in there. Well, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. So, I am Parks, as uh, Stefan mentioned. I studied at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., International Affairs. Um, I've done a number of industries. I used to work in higher education. I've worked in staffing. I've done accounting work. And currently, I am the operations assistant at the International Budget Partnership in Washington, D.C. Hey, I'm Rob. I went to Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I got a degree in civil engineering. It's quite enjoyable. So I'm currently, I currently work as a skyscraper inspector, and I'm on New York's tallest buildings inspecting the exterior facade. It's a good job. It's not for everybody, but it's something I really enjoy doing at the moment. So my prior work experiences, I used to work in advertising. I used to work in general contracting for a wastewater treatment plant and some structural engineering work at one point also. Awesome. So we're going to get back to talking about your professional careers in just a little bit. For now, let's talk a little bit about what you guys did in college. So, Parks, tell me, what was your favorite part about being in college? And maybe if you'd like to share one of your favorite stories from college, feel free to do that as well. Oh, boy. Uh, so I was in a fraternity in college, and that kind of took up most of my free time. So I would have to say uh, living in a frat house and just kind of having friends always around was uh, the best part of college. And I think I probably missed the most as a young professional. As far as stories go, um, I have too many to count and uh, a lot a lot of stories I probably should have posted with my name associated them on the Internet. So uh, I'll pass on that for now. But um, that was probably my favorite part was some of the, the social aspects of college. That's interesting because a few of my recent articles have highlighted the opportunities that the education system could take from Greek life and implement in the traditional education system. Do you have any recommendations that the traditional education system could take from Greek life and implement in itself? I think the thing I learned the most from Greek life was really helpful more than so in the professional world and the educational setting. I found that I didn't really help with any of my classes, but uh, being able to, you know, go on interviews as a recent grad or um, as a current student, you know, in 2017 when I graduated, being able to talk about some of my fraternity experience and, uh, you know, things like cold calling, which I did, and fundraising work, which I did as well, was really helpful. So I think that some of the just uh, operation and organizational work that you have to do as part of a fraternity or any large organization, I think that that's something that higher ed would be wise to kind of incorporate as part of students' lives, because uh, it is valuable experience, especially, you know, we have something to point to in interviews. Yeah, thanks for sharing with us. So, Robert, tell me about your experience in college. I know you were actually in a five-year program at Stevens because you had the opportunity to do some professional work along the way. Uh, would you mind sharing some of your experience from those jobs and your career as a student at Stevens? Yeah, sure. At Stevens, I was part of many clubs. I was on the crew team for about four years, and that was like my main sport. I really liked it. I dabbled in some other clubs like photography and cooking and finance, but I never found a groove in that, so I never kept pursuing it. After that, Stefan mentioned I was in a five-year program, and I did get some valuable work experience from that. Got a lot of valuable interviewing skills. I interviewed with a lot of companies. Some didn't like me, some did. I guess... A major part of finding your first internship out of college or while you're still in college is just being a good interviewer and learning how to talk to people. Uh, you got to, let's say brown nose the person. I, I would say that's uh, not brown nose, but I think being able to make that connection, uh, you know, as somebody who's been on interviews myself, like it's very important to be able to have those skills, being able to communicate and make that connection with the interviewer. Um, because it, usually if you're interviewing you probably have similar skills to most of the other applicants in my uh, experience. So being able to make that personal connection is what can set you apart. That's true. Another p piece of advice to follow is fake it till you make it. Definitely learn on the job. That's where I did all of my learning. I 
apply very little of what I actually learned in school in my actual job or any of my internships, but making connections, learning on the job, always volunteering to do work takes you places. And being a student in college taught me all of those things. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything that either of you wishes that you did differently in college? Well, so two things I think stand out when I think about that. One is I wish I interned more. I only did two internships and I had a work study job, but GW, for those in the audience who aren't familiar with it, is located in downtown D.C. with easy metro access. Um, and if you go there, there really is no excuse to not intern during the semester because, um, you know, it's it's readily available and it usually is within walking distance to a lot of some of the, you know, bigger name companies. And, um, for instance, I interned on the Hill one semester. Uh, so I think interning more is something I wish I took advantage more of because I didn't do a lot of that. I also wish on the non-professional side – on the academic side, I wish I wrote a thesis because I am looking into graduate programs now and I've never written an undergraduate thesis and I thought that would definitely give me a big leg up in applications. And the third thing is that I wish I had a more varied social life because I realized senior year that uh, all my friends had pretty much either graduated from the fraternity or I knew from the fraternity and it was a little embarrassing to not have people to you know invite to parties or go out with that weren't, you know, some of the 30 guys I was in the chapter with. So uh, those are probably the three big things I would do differently if I could, you know, do college over again. One major thing that I would change, piggybacking off what Parks had to say, is definitely being more social. My senior year of college, I commuted, and I suppose that took a toll on my social life because I didn't really participate in any on-campus events. Nobody really knew who I was. So I really just came home, did my work. That was it. I mean, I had a girlfriend and stuff, so that was nice. Another thing I would change, um, yeah, so the college I went to was only like around 40 minutes away from my house, so it was easy to drive there back and forth every single day. Did you like commuting, or did you wish you lived on campus all four years? Obviously, I wish I lived on campus all four years. It just got super expensive to live in Hoboken, and you know it just made a lot more sense to commute from home. I had my own car, still do. Let's see. Definitely tried a little hard in my first semester of college. I didn't really study too much, and I had a 2.2 GPA, which was pretty crappy. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. But every other semester thereafter, my GPA only went up. But that first semester GPA really, like, solidifies you for, like, the rest of your college career. So really, like, study and stuff. And, I mean, I had, you know, a lot of fun in the process, or had too much fun. That's where my GPA suffered. But you got to learn to find a balance, and that's very important for kids going into college. Awesome. So now that we've heard a bit about your guys' college experience, would you mind sharing a little bit more detail about the kind of jobs that you guys had in college? So in college, I spent the first two years kind of goofing off and um, realized the summer in between my sophomore and junior year of college, I was working at a grocery store for perspective, Realized that I had no real professional experience and that I was very quickly falling behind a lot of my peers in that regard. So I interned for my congressman on Capitol Hill that fall semester. Uh, following that, I was uh, studying abroad in Dublin. When I came back, I stayed in D.C. to uh, do fundraising and development work with the World War One Centennial Commission. And then following that, I picked up uh, just kind of a work-study student assistant job at the Office of Study Abroad. Going back to things that we would change about college, I actually think that that's something I would change. Um, it was a fun place to work, and it was nice having a, a paycheck uh, because my internships weren't paid. So having some money in college was nice, but um, I didn't really gain any professional skills at the Office of Study Abroad. And as a graduating senior, I felt like you know it would have been more important for me to get something a little more substantial. But you know that's kind of what it is. So. So my very first job, I was a lifeguard in between the summer of senior year of high school and freshman year of college. And if you ask any of my friends, I don't have the physique or personality to be a lifeguard, so it was a very surprising job choice, but I kind of fell into it. For perspective, earlier when we were talking about Rob's lifeguard job, Stefan said I, that he couldn't picture Rob doing CPR, and Rob said, neither can I. Um, so thank God I never had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I never had to do CPR, but I am trained in it, and you know, if I ever had to do it, you know, it's my job to do I would have done it. So my first real internship was after my freshman year of college. As I mentioned, I had a 2.2 GPA, so that wasn't any good, and I had a very tough time finding an internship. 
I ended up finding a company that did wastewater treatment construction down in Washington, D.C., and the interviewer and I bonded over getting very bad grades in general chemistry. So that's one of the main reasons how I sacked that internship, I believe. I'm still a firm believer in that. And I worked down in D.C. for about six months just working on a construction site. And it, at the time, I didn't like it, but now I have fond memories of it. It's funny how life works like that. But the summer after that, I decided I just wanted to work in an office. So I worked at an office. Uh, they gave the intern tasks on designing parking lots. So that's what I did for basically an entire summer. And it made me question my choices about becoming a civil engineer. After that, I had another internship doing structural work, designing structures. That was a lot more fun, but it still exactly wasn't what I wanted to do. So this to backtrack a little bit, I was in that five-year program with internship every other semester. And I was able to gain a lot of experience knowing exactly what I wanted to do out of college because of this. And my fourth and final internship in college, I worked for an advertisement firm trying to pick locations in New York City for these digital kiosks. And I absolutely loved it. So that's when I realized I wanted to pursue construction management as an extension of my civil engineering degree. So I definitely say go just go out there, apply for whatever you want to do. You won't work forever for an internship, a couple months. And if you don't want to do it, then don't do it again. But definitely spend those couple months eating shit, learning everything you can, meeting good people, and you will grow and be a better person at the end of it. I guarantee it. So you mentioned you were able to help implement those digital kiosks in New York. For those of you not familiar with the digital kiosks in New York, they're essentially free Wi-Fi booths that are placed throughout the city, and Robert was able to help locate and plan where where they were going to be, right? That's what you did? And how does it feel to be able to make such a big change on one of the world's most populous cities? Yeah, so it was really cool. These kiosks, I helped place them myself. I coordinated with you know the general contractors and utilities to get them placed. And I walk through the streets of New York right now, and I see units that I placed myself, and I see people using them, and it's just very rewarding seeing that. I'm almost actually changing the shape of New York City as people perceive it. So we've talked about jobs and internships quite a bit so far, and it's really cool that you were able to make such a profound change in the city. But when you're born, it's not like you know, hey, I want to grow up and place digital kiosks in New York. (laughs) I mean, it's cool that a guy with a 2.2 GPA can make such a big change. (laughs) But let's let's be real for a second, because a lot of young professionals worry or they have a fear that the major that they have in college isn't what they are going to do for the rest of their life. And one problem a lot of young professionals have is uh, or high school students or college students is that they worry about what they want to make their life's meaning become, because a lot of us feel that we're under the pressure to figure everything out so quickly. But so my question becomes, do you have any advice or recommendations to help people figure out what meaningful work they can find after college or in college or whatever? So the first real career I took out of college, as I mentioned, I'm a skyscraper inspector, mainly inspecting the outsides of these massive skyscrapers in New York City. And a lot of the people I work with are aerospace engineers, mechanical engineers, and architects. And I'm a civil engineer, as I mentioned. But... I asked these people, like, wouldn't you want to, you know, work at Boeing if you're an aerospace engineer or work on, you know, something else as a mechanical engineer? And they mentioned that, like, you know, they they took the job because they like, you know, the work involved with it. But I believe that you could really wiggle yourself almost anywhere you want to go if you can prove that you you could you know how to do it. I know a lot of people working that graduated with a completely unrelated unrelated degree, absolutely excelling in their fields. And when you're in college, you just study and get good grades and that's what you make of it. And sure, if you want to pursue what you study, that's great and all. But again, it's all about making connections and proving your self-worth to other people so they give you a chance and then it's like a snowball effect you know you have one internship and then you get a slightly better one then you get a good career and it slowly turns into something bigger and you know that path in life is often something you don't see in the very beginning but that snowball takes different paths you know rolling down the hill and it grows into something great eventually Okay, yeah, so I think for me it's interesting because I have jumped around a lot, and one of the things I appreciated is that in between August and uh, November of this year, I was actually not in a permanent position. Uh, So in other words, I was taking temporary contracts and assignments to um, kind of work at different places. So uh, 
I think, uh, you know, like Rob mentioned, interning, but then also uh, if you're not clear what you want to do, uh, it, it is always nice, especially with the current way that insurance benefits work. For those of you who are unaware, a lot of you know times you can stay on your parents' health insurance until you're about 25 or 26. So you won't get benefits as a contractor, but you do get a lot of exposure and you get to learn a lot of skills. I had mostly a human resources, recruiting, uh, and front desk background. And then after a few months of contracting, I now have experience in accounting and uh, legal experience as well, which I, you know, to gain that in a few months is uh, a very kind of unique opportunity and something that I think really helped me land my current position. So that's something I would say is kind of have an open mind to, you know, contract positions, temporary positions, keep gaining new skills because you never know where you uh, will end up. I uh, interviewed for some, you know, positions that were Salesforce consulting jobs just because I have Salesforce. I've interviewed for positions that are, you know, accounting, direct sales, uh, all sorts of things that I never thought, you know, I would do or be interested in. But I would just say keep gaining experience in as many fields and as many industries as possible and then kind of see what you like and don't like and see what sticks. And you'd be surprised how many skills and experiences are kind of cross-transferable and that, you know, you could take one thing and do it in some, somewhere else. Thanks. Yeah, so one of the things that, going back to what Rob was saying, I was just thinking about how you're talking about to, to get the job, the dream job that you want, Sometimes you just have to eat shit and do whatever it takes, per se, to get to that next level. That's actually a concept that Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about in his social on his social media pages, just doing whatever it takes to get that next promotion. And one of the great ideas I think that he has is if you're having trouble, let's say you had a bad semester in college, uh, securing that next internship or that next job, then maybe maybe you can do what he says and work for free even if you're only doing that for a short period of time. Just to chime in about Gary Vaynerchuk, as I mentioned, my office where I worked in digital advertising was one floor above his, but I never ran into him, which was a huge bummer. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been really cool. Could you guys talk a little bit more about what you're doing with your current jobs on a daily basis and explain to people how they can get into the field that you're in and secure the same job that you have if they want to be in your shoes so as i mentioned i'm a building inspector in new york city working on skyscrapers how did i get into this job well it was the first job offered to me out of college and i ended up really liking it you won't find your dream job first thing per se and i had no idea in college that i wanted to be a building inspector but it is a very rewarding career Uh, on a day-to-day basis i help manage a couple projects in Manhattan, Long Island City, and Brooklyn. And I go to these projects multiple times a week just to see the progress of construction, uh, mainly the construction of the outer facade of the building. So the installation of curtain wall, that's the all glass buildings that you see, installation of waterproofing, installation of a bunch of subsystems that integrate with those systems. And if I see anything wrong, I alert people on site and I document it really well. And I write a report and send it to the building owner so he knows what's going on. That's really what I do on a day-to-day basis. But I help out with some other projects also, like leak investigations. During my interview to get the job, I was asked if I'm afraid of heights. And I said no. And I saw my boss's face light up because part of my job entails being outside of these skyscrapers that are multiple hundred feet, hundreds of feet high, if not even thousands of feet high now on a supported scaffold. And I'm not a fan of those, to be honest. It's pretty scary being up there. But, you know, I have a job to do checking the outside of these buildings. And it's a part of it. It's definitely not for everybody. When it's really cold, I really question my choices about taking this job. But at the end of the day, it's it's a fun job thinking back about what I'm doing and helping improve the city in ways not many people know about. So I kind of had a crazy career path. I actually just started this position. It's been, I think, three weeks now. So uh, it's still a little unclear uh, as to what, you know, all my responsibilities are going to be. From what I understand, what secured me this position was kind of my diverse background. For perspective, my first job out of college was making $15 an hour as a front desk assistant at a very small vocational college, which was extremely disappointing after you know going to school for four years and interning and ending up basically just answering phones. From there, I worked in recruiting and then hopped around as a contractor for a little bit before I ended up here. 
So I'm an operations associate, which means that I basically do a little bit of everything. So having that accounting background helps, having the human resources. Another thing that uh, I found, at least in D.C., I don't know if this is applicable everywhere, but the International Budget Partnership has a lot of people with very similar interests to mine. Um, a lot of people with my kind of similar educational background, international affairs, things like that. So kind of being able to go in and say, okay, look, I can do anything you need me to do. I have experience in pretty much every facet of office operations. And this ties into my major and kind of what I want to do long term, I think was really the big selling point I was able to do. And also really helps me kind of go to work every day. You know, it's a lot easier to, in my mind at least, do things like answer the phones or take out garbage or, you know, work at a front desk, uh, some of the less glamorous you know, aspects of an office job when you know you're doing it for a company that you really like working for with people that you can kind of relate to as opposed to, you know, just doing it at some random office where you don't have a connection. So I know, once again, we've talked a lot about work and interviewing and school, but when we take a look at our lives as a whole, what do you guys think has been the most difficult challenge that you have faced as a young professional since graduating Parks for You since last May of 2017 and for you, Rob, since, was it May of 2018? Yeah. So an analogy I like to compare my current life to is is like being in an action movie and there's lots of buses on a highway and you're on top of one bus and you jump onto another bus and the bus you're just on blows up. Now that's not like necessarily a bridge burned in life, but you're taking a chance going to something else with the ability to not go back to where you were. And it's a big risk to take and it's definitely scary at first, but if you put in the effort and work well with others, there's no reason why you can't advance. So finding a groove in your first career out of college can be pretty difficult. I'm not the type of person to get chummy with my coworkers and go to happy hour and stuff, but I still need to be able to work well with them inside the office, be friendly and courteous and kind, even if they're assholes to me. And just, you know, have a professional demeanor every single day. And that can really be a challenge because, you know, for an internship, you're only there for three months. That's a bridge you could burn. If you don't like it, you could just do whatever you want and never come back. But your first career, like, you're there for, you want to be there for at least a year or two before, you know, looking for something else to get it on your resume to show that you're stable and a good worker and are able to complete job duties for a good amount of time so future employers can see that. So, you know, looping back to the quote I'm stealing from Gary Vaynerchuk, just eat shit again. But with your first job out of college, you're really taking a leap of faith because you've never worked there unless you've intern there you don't know what type of people you're working with and you're really banking that the interview you did is a respectful is an accurate image of what the company actually is and with that being said that's definitely yeah assimilating into modern society after college is one of the tougher things to do so i know i haven't talked too much about myself but that really resonates with me because i actually when i graduated from college i started working for a company that I had interned with and I worked with them for about a year and a half and I was in a sales training program and last month I was offered a job with a new company called First Data and I'll be starting with them in January of 2019 but I can really relate to what Rob was saying in terms of when you leave a company it feels like you've burned a bridge and you can never go back to it and it can be very scary and intimidating to make that leap because you're putting a lot of faith in that new company and in the new people that you'll be working with and hoping that you'll be able to get along with them and enjoy your career and find meaningful work there. So that's something that really resonates with myself as well. Yeah, so I'm actually going to deviate a little bit from those answers. For me, one of the challenges living in D.C. after college, after going to school there, is that probably the opposite of most young professionals. Most people, they leave, they go to a new city. For me, I was in... The same town that I went to college in with a lot of people I knew from college still there. And particularly being in a fraternity, it was very easy to use, you know, the fraternity house as a uh, kind of safety blanket and go there on a Friday or Saturday night and just hang out with, you know, the same guys in college doing the same uh, shenanigans we used to get into in college, but, you know, just a year or two older. 
so one of the things that I struggle with in the beginning that I've uh, kind of improved upon now is uh, just meeting new people and expanding my social circle. I joined a yuppie kickball league. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what that is, uh, I'm part of an organization called DC Fray that plays various sports. It's for people mostly right out of college to people in their mid-30s. And we, you know, we play kickball. There's pretty much every sport you can imagine. And then we usually go to a bar after and, you know, when I'm in bed by like 1230. But it, it's a fun time. And that's really helped me kind of meet new people. I made some friends in my old company. I've been hanging out with them. So that's been nice. But I, I think for me, the biggest challenge was, you know, having a social life that wasn't just a rehash of college that was also exciting and dynamic and, you know, wasn't just like sitting home and playing video games every weekend or something like that. I, I think your 20s is a very odd time because you go from this kind of high octane pedal to the metal level of socialization where, you know, you're literally living with all of your friends um, and you're surrounded by a ton of people your own age to, you know, working at least 40 hours a week, having a lot less free time and not having as much structure around your social life. So finding activities where you can meet people and, or if you're more introverted, finding activities that kind of fulfill your time that isn't just, you know, watching Netflix or, uh, you know, looking at memes on Facebook, uh, I think is very important. And then something I know I struggle with uh, even right now. So I, I would say uh, my challenge to everyone listening to this when you graduate is to find some hobby, some niece, something outside of work that fills your time that isn't, you know, just like watching TV or, you know, drinking or, you know, sitting at home, like reading a book. I would say, you know, go out, whether it's with other people or not, go out, explore the area you live in and just try to do something, you know, that helps you grow and, you know, really helps kill time that isn't just wasting it. Thanks for sharing. I'm actually going to take a second to answer this question in particular because as of this podcast's recording, I haven't released this article just yet, but I have an article titled uh, that will be coming out shortly called Is Isolation the Most Difficult Challenge That Young Professionals Face? And I say that similarly to what Parks was saying. I know, Parks, you have roommates post-grad because you, uh, you stayed in D.C., you went to college in D.C., you have friends there. For myself, I went to Ohio State and I moved to Denver and I didn't know anybody and I was actually driving a girl via Lyft, and I asked her that question because she had recently graduated and gone to school out of state. And I said, what's the most challenging thing you've faced since graduating? And she said isolation because she didn't have any friends in Denver anymore. And I found that really interesting because it's really the first time that, I mean, you go from being in such a high-octane, like Parks was saying, environment that's so social, and then all of a sudden you could be living on your own. And that's just something that, you have to adapt to and you have to learn to live with yourself every single day for uh, a period of time until you create that friend group, which is why it's so important, like what Parks was saying, to go out there and make sure you're doing something that's that's putting yourself out there so that you have the opportunity to make those new friends. Because I don't think isolation is a problem for everybody because some people, they live at home after college or they have roommates and you're fortunate enough to have that. But for other people, isolation does become the, the most difficult problem that they face. So it's important to join meetups or go to the bar or do whatever it takes to just try and meet new people. I don't think isolation is inherently a bad thing. You have to learn to be comfortable with yourself. And I say your 20s, especially out of college, is a great time to learn to do that. When I was a senior in college, like I mentioned, I commuted back and forth and didn't have too much time socializing with people on campus. And I really learned to be comfortable with myself. I, I enjoy going to movies by myself, going to restaurants by myself. Just having days to myself where I don't socialize with anybody. But it's important not to get into a, a groove and make that become a habit. You know, I still have a good group of friends I socialize with from high school. I have a girlfriend as well as a couple close-knit friends from college that I still communicate with on a regular basis. But learning to do things on your own by yourself without constantly asking people to join you is a commendable thing, I guess. You know, I still know a lot of people that will... will refuse to go out and do something because someone won't go with them. Over the summer, I went to Europe. I went to England for a week by myself, and it was just a great experience. I hung out in coffee shops myself, but most of the time, I, somebody, well, I'm pretty introverted, so people somehow ended up chatting with me rather than the other way around, and it was good conversation. I went on tours by myself. I have a cousin there that I met up with, and she's a very bubbly, extroverted person, so she, and we went 
you know, a couple loud bars and stuff, and that was fun and all. But, you know, some of the better times I had there was definitely by myself with my own thoughts, enjoying the moment I was in. Yeah, and that's something I would say that I actually agree with, even though it didn't sound like it at first. You know, I think while it is important to meet people, uh, it is also good to be able to do things on your own because you're able to kind of dictate what you want to do. For instance, remember one Sunday I wanted to go see a comedy show and I was like, all right, screw it. And I just went and that was it. I was able to do it because I didn't have to ask anyone. I didn't have to coordinate, you know, plans and how I was going to get there. And, oh, that's not convenient for me. Can we go somewhere closer to my house or, you know, whatever nonsense. So, yeah, I would say finding ways to pass the time and finding ways to meet people are two very important things because you really don't want to be that person. So I think everyone, you know, everyone knows one person where they don't seem to do anything, uh, you know, from Friday to Sunday besides sitting on their couch and, you know, watching Friends reruns. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, whatever you, whatever you think of the uh, <laughs> whatever you think of the TV show, I, I think we can all agree it's not a good way to live when you're just kind of doing the same thing and you're not exploring anything new um, or meeting new people. So I would say growth in, in a lot of areas is key to success in postgrad life. So, Parks, you actually spent some time living in, was it Ireland when you were in college? I know since Rob just talked about being in England, would you want to elaborate a little bit more on your experience overseas? Yes. So um, I was in Dublin for about six months, and it was really interesting. So for perspective, I mentioned I was in a fraternity in college. I've known Rob and Stefan and some of our other friends from high school since I was about seven years old, eight years old. So uh, I usually have like one core group of friends that I do everything with. Dublin was very different. Dublin, I had three or four separate friend groups. I had a group of Irish friends that I saw sometimes. I had a group of American friends. I had a group of uh, European international students. But I didn't really have like a core group that I would go to. A lot of the, you know, very few of my friends actually knew each other because I, it was very hard to get kind of everybody in, in the you know, same time. So I really spent a lot of time alone for the first time and a lot of time making new friends kind of on a whim. And in a way, it was kind of liberating. I, I felt like I could kind of do whatever I wanted with whoever I wanted. I didn't have to, you know, coordinate with other people. And my schedule was wide open. So that that was very cool. Uh, I did also do a lot of traveling alone. A lot of my friends, particularly one of my American friends, I know just traveled together. And while I did occasionally meet up with some of my friends from GW who were studying abroad, uh, I spent a few days in Madrid by myself. And that was kind of a surreal experience to be in a non-English speaking country completely alone. Uh, and I met friends there uh, that, you know, the friendship lasted maybe a few days on the trip, but I also spent a lot of time just kind of wandering uh, the streets alone with nothing but my thoughts. So yeah, I would say that was kind of a cool takeaway and it really kind of gave me a lot of confidence as well. Um, it was the first time I had to really meet people. I, uh, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the criticism of Greek life that you are, you know, quote, buying your friends, but uh, I will admit being in a fraternity does make it a lot easier to meet people because you have, you know, new guys kind of joining every semester and you have friends kind of built in and, in high school, I had, you know, friends from elementary school. I never moved or anything as a kid. So, you know, I didn't really know how good I would be at meeting people. And uh, Dublin kind of proved to me that it's possible and that it is something uh, I am good at. And, you know, that, that's kind of a cool skill to have. So just for a frame of reference for those of you listening, we're all from northern New Jersey from a town called Ordell. And number one, Family City 2016. According to North Jersey Magazine. <laughs> I mean, Ordell's a pretty good place, but so I moved from New Jersey to Ohio for Ohio State and then to Denver. And Parks moved to DC when he went to GW. And Rob uh, is still in New Jersey yeah. in the 2016 best city, according to North Jersey Magazine. So I was wondering are there any particular challenges that either of you have faced from either moving away or staying home? Is there anything that you wish you would change, or uh, are there any particular challenges that you faced because of your decision to be where you are? So one thing I noticed recently, I, I am starting to hit that age where people are getting married, and I had two uh, family weddings this year that were a pain to get to. 
one was in New Jersey, so I was able to take the train. The other one was in um, a little town outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. For those of you familiar with the office, um, that's where Scranton is. And it's extremely hard to get there if you don't have a car, which I don't. So I had to take a five-hour train from D.C. and then a three-hour car ride at 8 p.m. on a Friday from Newark to Scranton. So that's been tough. I also realized that I have a lot of cousins who are my age or around my age, and I don't get to actually spend any time with them that isn't like a big family event, like a wedding or, you know, Christmas or something where that kind of takes up a lot of the time. And it's hard to, it's hard to really shoot the shit and like catch up with people when, you know, you're, everyone's focused on, you know, the holiday or whatever events going on. So I I think being away from home, you can miss that kind of quantity time uh, as opposed to quality time where you can just kind of relax and be yourself um, and see, you know, a lot of the family or the people that you kind of left uh, left behind. So one of the major challenges for me living at home still is living in the suburbs, quite frankly, kind of sucks. Parks and Stefan live in cities, so everything is easy access to them. You know, everything being in walkable distance. I work in New York City, and the last bus to where I live leaves the city at 7 p.m. So that doesn't leave too much time for me to go do things, meet new people and all that stuff after work. So often I really just come back home after work. Sometimes I grab dinner with a friend. Every once in a while I get drinks with some coworkers and, you know, maybe hit up a store or two before I hit the bus terminal on the to get back home. The bus sucks. It's an hour ride home at least, usually an hour and a half. So by the time I get home, I'm usually beat. I microwave dinner and I plop my ass on the couch and watch TV five days a week. <laughs> so I don't really, no, I, I, I'm kidding. But <laughs> I only do that 80% of the time. But watching Friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Friends reruns on Netflix. That's Someone what I watch. Yeah, but anyway, uh, living in the suburbs is my major challenge at this moment. I don't want to be stuck here forever. I'm not. I'm, you know, home paying student loans. College is a bitch and costs a lot of money. And I didn't have too much help, but you know, I'm paying those down really a lot right now and hope to move out within the next year, year and a half or so. I don't mind it at the moment. It's it's not the worst thing in the world, not the best thing in the world, but I'm content with my life at the moment. It's important not to get too complacent about that though. Always look for something to achieve in the near future always have short-term goals and long-term goals but i suppose we could talk about that more in depth another time so some short-term goals for me is are obviously you know paying student loans and moving out and long-term goals for me are owning a home and just becoming better at my career and stuff like that so it's interesting that you brought up student loans towards the end of that commentary because my next question was gonna turn over to our next i don't want to say section but my next question is based off one of the pillars of Shore to Sky Learning, which is finance. And for those of you who, if you visit the website, you'll see four categories on the website. It's motivation, business, finance, and health. Because I think those are where the majority of problems that young professionals run into are. So how has money management changed for you guys from college to graduation? I can answer this pretty well. In college, I lived very frugally. I worked at my internship. I was fortunate to work at my internship part-time while completing my senior year, which was really nice. So I had some money, but after graduating college, I got a pretty good salary. I'm still living at home and currently I'm contributing around 70% of each paycheck directly towards student loans. So I'm not saving too much money at the moment, but you know, with these private loans, 10% interest, it really climbs. So I'm really trying to tackle them as quickly as possible. One of my personal mottos, which I don't really follow. Well, I try my best to follow is I want to have a nice life, not nice things. And to be able to have like a nice life, you need to be in like a good place financially. I mean, obviously, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy a peace of mind with a lot of things. And I believe, you know, paying off debts will let me sleep better at night. So I think for me, the biggest change from college to postgrad is actually having money. Like Rob, I lived kind of frugally in college, which is not easy to do. D.C. is an extremely expensive city. Um, and unlike, say, Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State is, a pitcher of beer is not a dollar. It's more like $15. So 
doing some of the very typical stereotypical college things is a little hard. Another thing I've noticed is it's very easy to get kind of carried away now that you have money. I did not pay rent in college. I lived in university housing for four years. Uh, that got billed, you know, through tuition and everything, through parents, loans, FAFSA, what have you. So I never had to like sit down and like write a rent check and you know cash that every month or have that cashed every month. So that's always kind of something I always try to keep in the back of my mind that yeah I am making more money now, but you know I'm also spending a lot more just in terms of rent, in terms of things like you know getting on the metro to go to work every day, you know, whereas in college, I was you know, usually just walking to class and things. So you make a lot more money, but your expenses definitely go up too. And that's not including things like student loans. So um, it's, it's very easy to get carried away. And that's, that's the one thing I would advise against is just always remember that you, you know, you do have other expenses as well, even though your income did go up. Thanks. Are there any money management strategies or tips and tricks that you guys can recommend to listeners out there? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I put around 70% of each of my paychecks towards conquering my student loans. How did you come up with that number? It's a number that seemed very reasonable to me. So I basically took the number, the dollar amount that I was living with, living at in college, and sometimes it fluctuates. Some months I pay, you know, some weeks it's 80%, other weeks it's 70%, but I subtract my bus fare to get into and out of the city, you know, anticipate food that I may buy, leave a little fun money for myself, you know, video games, dates with my girlfriend, etc. And I just put the rest towards student loans. So I don't have too big of a savings at the moment for a house or whatnot. I'm not even making minimum payments. I'm just making like massive payments that go right towards that. But I am also currently paying off a car. And at one of my old jobs, there was a financial advisor who gave me some advice there. And he said to every month, pay so there's you make 12 payments for the car throughout the year but multiply your monthly payment by 13 then divide that by 12 and then pay that amount so it's like you're making an extra month's payment throughout the year and it won't hit you that hard and that'll probably take a couple months off of what you owe at the end for because of interest that's not added on so i believe warren buffett once said no it was albert einstein that said this he said the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest and when it's against you, it's not fun. But when you're with it, it could be very good. Now, I've also been contributing to a Roth IRA, which is a retirement account that you contribute money post-tax into it. And at the moment, I have almost $1,000 I've been contributing for a couple months now. And I just noticed when I looked at the other day, some of the securities I own reinvested the dividends to buy more. So at the moment, I own about 8.01 shares of Microsoft, which is pretty cool to see because that's compound interest working on my side. You know, the next quarter, I'll own a little bit more, a little bit more. And 30 years from now, hopefully I'll have something really nice where I could work part-time and live off that. Like I said earlier, I want to have a nice, not, I want to have a nice life, not nice things. So once you're done paying off your student loans, do you have any sort of money management strategy in place yet, or is that something that you'll focus on in the future? Well, I'd say my strategy right now is just to pay off loans as fast as possible, but after that, I obviously want to move out. I'd want to definitely own my own property, so I'd take steps once my loans get to a better place, and I'd move start moving some of that money towards a down payment, towards owning property somewhere. I'm contributing a little bit to, you know, a company 401k personal retirement account. And, you know, it it's not an overnight process. It's a process that takes years. And it's really hard to see this at my age. But in a couple of years, it's going to start growing exponentially. So I really think you need to gain a firm foothold right now in establishing a good protocol, a per good personal protocol for saving money. So in the future, you could thank yourself. So do you guys have any advice to give young professionals regarding health or exercise? Because for the first time in a lot of people's lives, they now don't have a coach or a team telling them to work out or eat healthy. Is there anything that you guys recommend as motivation to stay healthy as a young adult? I don't exercise. <laughs> you seemed really antsy to answer that question. No, your health is very important and 
it's easy to get carried away with your day job to not be able to go to the gym just to eat something quick like fast food and stuff. And it's so easy to get stuck in a groove of buying lunch at the office every single day. And I hate to be able to say it, but I'm a poster child for this. I haven't exercised regularly in almost two years, mainly because I come home from work every day. It's hard. Well, I try my best to make lunch every single day, but sometimes I'm just too lazy at night and just end up eating random crap off the street. Well, not off the street, but somewhere <laughs> somewhere really quick, somewhere unhealthy. And, you know, it's easy to get into like a bad mindset, again, wasting money on food you don't, that's not necessarily too good for you. Now, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here because every day during my lunch break, I like to take the full hour regardless of what I work on. It's a very good separation of separating the morning and the afternoon. I try to be out of the office that entire hour. If it's cold, I go for a walk. On the nicer days, I work the block away from Madison Square Park, and I read my book there. I would just sit watching the dogs, people walking by, and it was a great time. And it does wonders for your mental health in going back to work in the afternoon because you feel refreshed, your mind is good. So, you know, it's not only like personal physique and food you eat and stuff like that, but mental health is very important in approaching or again being comfortable with yourself and being in a good mindset in this stage of your life yeah as someone that really dislikes things like lifting and running i think for me what i do to keep physically healthy is uh, i try to walk everywhere that's particularly easy for me because i live in a city that's relatively small as far as like land size go so it's easy to walk everywhere um i actually live very far from the metro and within walking distance to my office so do a lot of walking there as well Another thing I've found is, uh, as someone that doesn't, again, like working out formally, is playing sports is great. I I hate lifting. I hate, like, running on a treadmill. But I really enjoy, you know, playing basketball or soccer, kickball, things like that. So, you know, finding ways to make it fun, as cheesy as that sounds, uh, where you don't really see working out is kind of the best way. I, for, you know, physical health. Mental health, I find, is actually a bit harder. You know, in college, it's a lot easier to find a therapist because you have a lot more free time. Your schedule is flexible. For some reason, it seems like a lot of therapists that work with adults insist on having a nine to five schedule for their office, which uh, I don't understand. But funny, you know, people in psychology or that industry are listening to this. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email and maybe explain why you guys are only open when the 98% of the population is at work. But yeah, I, I very much endorse what Rob, you know, had to say. Uh, I enjoy taking breaks from work, or just taking breaks from just stuff in general and just kind of taking time for you to really kind of decompress and, you know, take in things around you going on that aren't work-related or, you know, what it might have you. Awesome. So to wrap things up, if you guys could give a recent high school or college graduate who will be going to the workforce just one single piece of advice, what would that be? I would recommend that you do your research when you're going into a job or when you might take a job and don't rush into it um, unless you absolutely need to. You know, not just for like interviewing, but also you want to make sure it's the right fit, especially if it's not a contract, if it's a permanent position. Uh, I mentioned before my first job uh, was not a good fit. The culture in the office was not great. And yeah, I ended up leaving only after a few months and it really didn't work out. And now I have to explain uh, to employers, um, you know, kind of why I even worked there in the first place. So uh, I would say definitely do your research and make sure that before you take a permanent job that it's a place that you really can see yourself working. Make sure there's growth opportunities and that you're not just kind of collecting a paycheck because that not only takes a toll on your professional life, but your kind of psychological life and at least socially in D.C., you know, status is very much a big thing and kind of careers are very important when you meet new people. So you don't want to be the one guy that's, uh, you know, kind of working in something embarrassing is, is how I would say. So I, yeah, I would say, you know, find something that you really think you can enjoy or there's an aspect for your first job. Don't just take the first job you get unless you absolutely need the money because you want something that has some reward to it besides, the money, whether that's connections, whether that's because you like the work you're doing, whether that's, you know, you enjoy the people, find something besides a paycheck that motivates you to go to work because otherwise you, it's going to drag your quality of life down. So I don't have like a single piece of advice for you youngsters out there looking for a nugget of information that 
you guys could really take a grasp of. But everything comes with experience. And you're young right now. I didn't understand when I was younger. You certainly don't understand right now. But just living every day gives you different perspective of things as you go on. And, you know, certainly take new chances, different chances on things you don't feel comfortable with. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, do one thing every day that makes you uncomfortable. And that's a quote I would like to live by. I believe my life has become a little complacent right now. And I do want to take steps into being a little bit more adventurous about the way I live my life. I mean, I find my job rewarding and all, but at the end of the day, I do not too much to really explore different areas of my life that I can. If you're not into yoga, you know, take a free yoga class. They're not too cheap. And it's good for the health, mind, and body. They're not too cheap or they're not too expensive? Yoga classes are not too expensive. I'm sorry. There's lots of studios in large cities that are donation-based. And you can go there and have a great workout. I was once roped into going. I was never into yoga. And I went with my girlfriend and it was a great experience. I'd do it again, but I haven't done it since. So... Really, like, I do have a nugget of information for you. Do one thing that scares you every day, said by Eleanor Roosevelt, said by Robert Hartley. All right, Robert and Parks, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today for this podcast. For those of you listening, make sure to visit the website shore2skylearning.com. Once again, that's shore, S-H-O-R-E-T-O-S-K-Y-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G.com, shore2skylearning.com. And if there are any topics that we didn't touch on today or any articles that you'd like to see put up on the website, feel free to go to the Contact Me page of the website and send me an email and I'll be sure to get back to you as quickly as possible and I'll try to put up an article or create content for anything that you guys think would be useful for young professionals out there. Once again, please make sure to keep it in the realm of business, finance, health, and motivation. Otherwise, make sure to follow the Shore to Sky Learning Twitter page, which is S-H-O-R-E underscore T-O underscore S-K-Y on Twitter. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.